Or are you listening to this podcast now? Settle in, grab a cuppa, it's all welcome. It's the Velasco Fitness Collective Podcast with James and Ellie. Recording in progress. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Just came into my ears. <laughs> You're going to edit that out, eh? Yeah, I'll edit that way. <laughs> Um, also, the video won't be going anywhere either, so you don't need to worry about the video. That's good because we don't want this on video right now. You do. Yeah, it's fine. You got a fancy top on too. I know. I'm wearing non-gym clothes today. I've got a skirt <laughs> on and everything. My legs are out. It's crazy, crazy times. <laughs> I'm still probably going to wear trainers though. Hey team, welcome to the latest edition of the Velasco Fitness Collective podcast. Little bit of a break for us since lockdown with the gym reopening, life kind of starting to get back to normal. Obviously, plenty of dinner reservations. There's been quite a lot going on, so it's taking us a little while to get back. We are back with a bang and we are joined by Leanne this morning. Leanne, how are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us. As always, I'm here with Ellie. Ellie. Morning. Hi. You hate it when I put you on the spot like that, don't you? Absolutely, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so today we're going to be talking yoga from two very different perspectives. Ellie, who, well, Ellie and Leanne, who very much know what they're talking about and what they're doing, and me, who asked Ellie earlier on whether yin was a, an alcoholic beverage. Um, so you're going to get, <laughs> you're going to be, you're going to be covered across the spectrum this morning. So hopefully, as I'm sure I will, you will learn something you don't already know. And after this, you'll be encouraged to get into one of Leanne's yoga classes if you're not already. So, Leanne, we like to make sure everybody is warm before we get going. So we've got a couple of warm-up Q and A's for you. Um, Bring I'll it on. Kick off. Cats or dogs? I like both. Can I have both? Can't have both. No. <laughs> oh, dogs. Strong. But as long as I don't have to pick up the poo. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> fair compromise. Or if you could teach a dog to use a litter tray. Oh, I reckon that's possible. Yeah. Um, well, I already have my perfect dog in my head. It's on. a little white. It's a little white Chihuahua called Bruiser. <laughs> Uh-huh. So I reckon they do, I reckon they do cat-sized poos, so it's all yeah. good. Nice. I like poos, that was a name for a chihuahua. <laughs> uh, uh, peanut butter or chocolate? Peanut butter on chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> when you dip it into the jar and then eat it, it's real good. Have you tried it? Probably, yes. <laughs> Um, summer or winter? Summer, without a thought, yep. If you could teach yoga anywhere that wasn't Velasco, where would it be? Somewhere next to a beach with a cool breeze coming through and the waves, you can hear them laughing in the background, somewhere tropical. Nice, not, not, that, not that you've given it much thought, yeah. <laughs> no, never, I don't dream about it every day. <laughs> um, what's your go-to snack? Peanut butter with chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was coming. (laughs) Um, Or or just like fruit, fruit stuff, anything that's delicious. Nice. 
things that you are or were most looking forward to coming out of lockdown? Traveling. Nice. But yeah, it feels, still feels like quite a distant memory and quite a distant kind of thing to grasp onto for now, but definitely travel. Nice, that's cool. Uh, final question, this is the big one. If your only mode of transport could be a donkey or a giraffe, and you better not have like briefed her with this. Honestly haven't, have I? If your only mode of no. transport could be a donkey or a giraffe, which would you choose and why? <laughs> a giraffe? <laughs> Obviously. Who would choose a donkey? Logical, sensible people that need to get places with little fuss. That's who. <laughs> How would you not get places on a giraffe? You'd get there way faster. Big, long legs. And everyone would get out of your way because it's a giraffe. Yeah, I, I mean, I've got strong feelings about this, but that's fine. If you <laughs> go with giraffe. Yeah, we're going to skim past it because you didn't get the answer he wants, so we're going to move on to the main body of the podcast. <laughs> nice. Cool. Okay. Conversation is flowing. I'm warm. Let's get stuck in. So I guess first things first then, Liang, who are you? Where have you come from? What's your, what's your background? What do people need to know about you? Mm, so I'm a Kiwi. That's the accent. It's not a speech impediment. It is <laughs> <laughs> an actual way of talking. <laughs> um, I've lived in the UK for a best part, the best part of 20 years. Um, I moved here when I was 21. So that gives you an indication of my age, but we'll still keep it a secret. Um, and yeah, um, I was really sporty in my school years. Um, I played netball, volleyball, touch rugby. I did surf lifesaving. I was super active. And then I kind of hit my late teens and early 20s and found a social life. And then I moved to London and that just increased and got even bigger. So I moved to London from small town New Zealand when I was quite young and um, just had an absolute ball. It was amazing. Nice. And um, so, yeah, while I was still having all that fun, like I still suffered from like anxiety and I had really low self-esteem and low like self-image and all of that stuff. So you can on the surface, like, be having all this fun and have a whale of a time and there's still stuff bubbling underneath so you know you you keep going you put one foot in front of the other and it was in my late 20s that I rediscovered my love for fitness and it just really kind of started to help that negative physical image that I had of myself and and it just gave me a bit of an outlet as well And um, when I hit 30, I decided to have a huge life change. Uh, My partner and I were living in London. We'd we'd just spent four years in New Zealand and we came back. We were back in London. We were a bit older. Um, I'd stopped drinking. It wasn't the same as what it used to be. And um, we decided to just have a change of life. And I wanted to be a personal trainer. I'd I'd been working out in a gym. And I was in the gym with one of my workmates and putting him through a workout. He was like, wow, you're really good at this. And I was like, well, I want to do this. And this is what I'm going to do. And it was like, you'll hear a little bit more about this later. But I was spoken to in that moment. And it was like, this is, this is what you do now. Um, so we moved to Bristol, which is where Simon, my other half, is from. He grew up here. And, um, and I went back to school when you could actually go to school to be a personal trainer. It wasn't all online. So again, this was like 10 years ago. And um, did my three months um, and then became a personal trainer and worked at David Lloyd um, for a couple of years and then went out on my own and, and just kind of took it from there. So 
you know, becoming a personal trainer wasn't all completely altruistic. It was about a change of life. It was about being able to keep fit while I work. It was all still very kind of inside. It was it was nothing to do kind of with the outside of it all. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit um, embarrassing to admit that because I've got a completely different outlook on it now. You know, it is completely like, wow, how do I make you feel good? Yeah. Whereas when I was in that headspace, when I was younger, it was about how do I make me feel good? And um, it was yoga that that kind of changed that. So I came to yoga about five years ago and it was a slow start and um, just kind of in a yoga class one day, I was in Shavasana, which is that final pose where you lie on the mat. And, um, and it, again, I was spoken to and it was like, this is what you do now. And I was like, wow. So I went home, I researched yoga teacher training schools, went and did my teacher training and then I became a yoga teacher oh, and here we are yeah, talking right. about it on a podcast <laughs> that's really cool that's a really cool story what what was it that brought you to London in your early 20s uh parties <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's what we all do and you know the us Antipodeans Kiwis Aussies South Africans for years and years and years we've always all packed up we've got our two-year working holiday visa and we've traveled to London to experience it's called the the overseas experience the oe and um, we all do it and it's amazing and some of us just stay on forever and some of us just go home and at the time my brother was here okay. my brother's like my favorite person in the whole world he's amazing he's really cool so it was really cool to be able to come here and be with him for him to show me the ropes yeah. so it, yeah it was we all do it and it was so much fun nice that's really cool that's a nice story thank you for sharing <laughs> Um, thank you for sharing as well about the, you know, your negative self-talk and body image and stuff like that. I think it's, you know, it's the sort of thing that that is always worth its its press and probably doesn't get enough of it. So thanks for thanks for sharing that perspective as well. Of course. I guess the the first question then around the topic specifically <clears throat> is what is yoga? How how would you describe yoga to someone that maybe is unfamiliar with it or just simply knows that it's a form of movement? How, how would you describe it? What's your, your go-to? That's a really good question. And uh, how long have you got? <laughs> like it's, a, it's a big old topic, but yeah. I guess the easiest way to kind of get there is to maybe look at the Oxford Dictionary de definition of what yoga is. So it's always a good place to start, isn't it? So like what the Oxford Dictionary says is that it's a Hindu spiritual and ascetic discipline, a part of which including breath control, simple meditation and the adoption of specific bodily postures is widely practiced for health and relaxation. Now, this is a very kind of shallow view of what yoga is I think it's way deeper than that and there's so much around yoga and it's not just the physical poses on the mat that is the place where we kind of all start in the west um, so we start with these physical poses and we start with the movement on our mats and we think oh gosh this makes us feel good oh wow that mind chat is kind of shut down a little bit oh so and, and I feel more connected to myself so traditional yoga has really deeply spiritual origins but we're not going to go there today I don't feel qualified enough to talk about the deeply spiritual origins of it but for me yoga is like a whole life practice it's um it's it's a practice of being consciously aware of what your actions have 
on the people around you. So the impact of those actions on the people around you, on the world around you. And so like my time on my mat, it keeps my body strong and it keeps it supple. It allows good energy or what the yogis call prana, what in Chinese medicine is called chi to flow through the body. Um, it quietens down the chatter in my mind and it enables me to just be more aware of what's going on around me without that constant mind movie going on. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's a way of, it's a way of moving, but it's so much more than that. It's, it's tricky. It's, it's tricky to kind of um, describe in a podcast, if you see what I mean. It's almost like you have to try it to experience it. Yeah, you know, you can explain it till you're kind of blue in the t blue in the face, but when once you try it, you get it. And I, it's it's true. You do. You totally get it. Nice. And, and I guess as well. I guess I guess yoga is many different things to many different people as well, right? I guess there's people that get one thing from it, whereas there's people that maybe focus a little bit more on another aspect of it. So I, you know, I imagine there's the, the definition is is probably very relative as well. Um, out, out of curiosity, yes. you, you use the phrase that yoga is kind of like a whole life practice and, and like a, a, almost a way of life. Mm -hmm. What like character changes did you see like in yourself from, from your pre-yoga years versus, you know, during your training as a yoga teacher and, and then beyond that? How, how, did, how have you seen changes in yourself as a result of yoga? Mm, I'm more patient. Okay. Um, I'm more kind of aware of what goes on around me, but without being attached to it. So I'm, I'm, I'm an empath at heart. I feel other people's emotions quite strongly, but yoga has taught me to have a barrier to that. Not in a, not in a way where I kind of, you know, push people away, but it just allows me to be a little bit more self-protective of my own energy, but to look upon someone else with compassion it's um it's slowed me down but in a good way um it's it's helped me to have more clarity of thought through that kind of slowing down process um it's made me less fiery like it hasn't completely eradicated my fire like try and take my chocolate away during pms season you you will have your hand but not <laughs> but but um yeah, it's, it's just allowed me to kind of take a step back and not take things so personally and also to kind of lose the, the victim mindset in life. So when you slow down the mind chatter, it allows you to connect more to what is the truth. And you, with that clarity of thought, you're able to, you know, find a solution rather than get stuck in the, in the mind loop, the rumination of what's going around. So that's kind of what's changed for me in, in a, in a, from a mental perspective, from an internal perspective. Like from a physical perspective, I've now got a core of steel, which I've never been able to achieve doing anything else. So yoga has really helped with that. Um, I can get down deeper into a squat because my hips are more flexible. Um, I can deadlift better because I can hold my core better. Um, I walk taller, I have a better posture. Um, and I'm just more, more kind of I'm a hundred times stronger but a hundred times softer if that kind of makes sense so that's 
the changes that yoga has brought in. And it's been quite a huge shift for me as well. Nice. Thank, thanks for, for sharing all of that. It's, uh, it's, um, it's lovely to talk to, uh, knowing you personally, it's lovely for me personally to be able to, to hear you sharing this with people. Because I think quite a few people know you at the gym and they come to your yoga classes and there was a lot of people that got to know you on Zoom. Um, in lockdown but they don't they don't know you know you um and i think yeah it's it's really lovely for people to be able to start connecting with you on a, on a on that deeper level and kind of understanding your background and where you've come from um what um what what drew you to yoga teaching in the first place so obviously you've talked about your journey um from new zealand over to the uk and fitness and, and how it led you to yoga what do you remember your first ever yoga class and what what made you go My first ever yoga class. I mean, it must have been in my 20s. I don't remember it clearly. But that would have been my first ever yoga class. But my first kind of ever in tune yoga class where it connected with me was actually with Wally, who, who goes to Valesco. And it was about maybe six years ago or seven years ago. No, it was about eight years ago because we were in um, Shandos Road then, in the gym in Shandos Road. And he was teaching there. And I came along to one of his classes and it was the first time I thought, oh, wow, this is actually really awesome. This is really cool. And that's where it kind of piqued my interest. Interest. So I kind of dabbled I'd in and out for a few years. And, and then I found this yoga alignment class. And um, it really helped me to understand like the more intricate parts of the poses and how you align your spine better and and it was more like a, an Iyengar style of teaching. So Iyengar was a, was a teacher who developed his style uh, in, in India. And he used loads of props and everything to help you align your body so that you get better energy flow through the body. Um, so that was really awesome. And that's actually what got me properly hooked. So moving through those more static postures, it was more of a hatha practice where you move into a pose, you hold that pose for a long time and then you come out of it again rather than flowing in and out like you would in a vinyasa class so it was there that I kind of thought what like mind blown this is really cool my body feels amazing my head feels good but I was I was just kind of like oh I need more flow I need to be able to flow with this I was feeling a bit too kind of rigid with it all so that's when I started exploring more deeply into vinyasa and flow classes and and those kind of things and that's what really kind of made me move towards a deeper, deeper yoga practice. Um, and then, so understanding what yoga did for me and how it made me feel so present in this moment, because, you know, you can't think about anything else if you're standing on one leg and trying to bend into a pretzel shape. You know, all you can think about is what's going on in my body um, and what's going on with my breath. And, and you, you know, you kind of get lost in all of that. So it does, it is a practice of bringing you right into the present moment. And I just found that so incredibly empowering. And, and that's what I wanted to share with other people. Like, it's not about looking around and seeing what other people are doing on their mat. It's like, where am I right now in this moment? How do I make this pose work for me? How do I follow my breath? How do I just be so utterly present that everything else falls away? And that's what I wanted to share with other people. And it's just, it just empowers people so much. And it's lovely to watch people move from a place of being awkward on their mat to a place of just, 
wow, this is really cool. And I, I can breathe and I feel my body and I just feel really great in this moment. Awesome. Leanne, what, what type of yoga are we familiar with in over here at Velasco in the UK, over in you know, kind of the Western world? Is, is there, there's, there's obviously different types of yoga. What, mm. and, and you've kind of touched on a few of them by name and, and by style and things like that. What, what will people be like stereotypically familiar with as what they assume yoga to be in their mind? So uh, traditionally kind of Western yoga is based on Hatha yoga. So from Hatha, we got Ashtanga, which is a set series of postures that you do every single time you practice. And then from that came like a vinyasa flow practice where it's a, it's a different flow each time. So you might do the same postures, you might do different postures, but it, it's different each time. Um, and then also another practice that we might be quite familiar here in the West, which is gaining popularity is yin. And so yin, um, is a practice where you come into a pose and it's based more on like tendon, ligament, kind of joint-based movements where you're kind of opening more through that. And you come into a pose, you're supported by props. So bolsters and bricks and blankets and all of that stuff so that you can move into a pose and then stay there for anywhere up to 10 minutes. And then that just works on kind of the parasympathetic nervous system kind of bringing more opening into the joints. Nice. I love that it's, <clears throat> we've done a lot of podcasts where we've kind of round and about ended up talking about like presence and flow and, you know, the, the parasympathetic, you know, the autonomic nervous system and stuff like that. You know, I, I love that there's so much kind of crossover and it's a very, I guess, thinking about it now, objectively, it's a very obvious parallel to draw, but I, you know, I, it's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting it's interesting that this podcast again has kind of come around to those same principles, you know, meditation and, and being present and, you know, slowing and, and lowering the chatter in your mind. It's, it's, you know, it's cool. Um, so how is it, obviously, you know, the, the, the classic conversation at the moment somewhat involves lockdown in one way, shape or form. How's, how's that differed? How's it been moving everything online? It was really hard to start with because yoga is a very much an energetic exchange kind of practice. And you take your cues from what's going on in the classroom. So you're there, you're in front of your students and you, you can see how they're breathing. You can see if their legs are shaking too much in a balance you can, and then you can adjust to suit. Um, but going online, you kind of lose all of those cues because everyone's on a little screen and you kind of you kind of can see, you can see if someone's gonna hurt themselves or not. So obviously you can help them there. but it, it's very different and it took me a little while to get used to teaching on zoom but once I'd kind of tapped into the energy of that and once I knew that kind of everyone was was okay and safe and and happy with their practice then we kind of just I built it from there um, but it's so nice being back in front of students again and back guiding a practice in in person because being able to follow those cues and watching people moving with their breath you can queue up the next post so that it just really flows into the next. And it, it, it's really lovely. But, you know, obviously Zoom was amazing and, and it still has its place now. So for people who are still feeling quite vulnerable, um, I still Zoom my in-person classes so that everyone still has access to them. Um, because, you know, some people just aren't ready. They're not ready to come back yeah. to, to being around other people. And that's okay. Like, I, you know, that's 100% acceptable. 
And so being able to still offer a way for them to practice and still feel that kind of energy exchange has been awesome. Did you find that it, it I mean, you, you've kind of answered the question a little bit already. Did you find it challenged you as a teacher to move from, you know, if I think about how I coach in the gym now, there's a level of, you know, you're, you're able to be a little bit more tactile. You can obviously see and, and correct verbally, but you can also help people physically. Did you find there was a, a bit of a challenge with, I guess, helping people understand cues that could only be verbal? Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, who, who wouldn't find that challenging? Um, a, a, a fair few years ago now, though, I had a spinal injury where I had to have surgery. And when I went back into the gym to see my clients, I couldn't move. I couldn't touch anyone. I couldn't kind of get involved. So my verbal cues became hot, like they were awesome. And so that's really kind of carried over into yoga. And also, if you understand the anatomy of a pose, you're better able to give cues if you understand how a muscle works and how you want that muscle to work kind of moving into a pose you can give that verbal cue so kind of having that skill moving into zoom was actually a godsend you yeah. know it was it was almost like you know that spinal injury came so that i could <laughs> so that i could learn from it and be a better teacher for it nice do you think that's carried over now to, to being back face to face as well do you think in the same way that you were able to apply the skills you already had to Zoom. Do you think Zoom has taught you some valuable stuff to bring back to the face-to-face -face side of things as well? Yeah, definitely. But it's also brought back an immense sense of joy being right. in front of people. So, you know, skills and whatever aside, like Ellie mentioned the other day that when I was um, taking the crew at Valesco through their practice, that she said I was just beaming the whole way through. And it's just, it's so true. It was just, it's such a joy. Yeah. to be back with people and you know having those skills that can kind of carry over it means that I can watch the class a lot better if my cues are kind of spot on yeah. and um yeah I'm not kind of thinking oh do they know what I mean because they're there they're there and it's amazing definitely created greater levels of gratitude I think for a lot of people in, in most of the day-to-day -day stuff now isn't it? absolutely yeah a huge amount nice. so to, talking about obviously you teach you teach yoga for the Velasco guys and girls um, and I'm conscious you, you obviously you teach yoga to other people as well but what is it coming from a background of fitness um, and actually having done a fair bit of functional fitness um, in the past you've obviously got that that knowledge of kind of what we do and how it impacts our bodies when we're training at the gym so how how do you how do you tailor, or what do you focus on specifically when you're doing classes for Valesco members that is, we know, we know about the, the mental benefits because you've talked about them quite a lot. Um, but how, what, do you, what do you focus on in terms of your teaching with our guys so they get most benefit from it? So with the Valesco crew, classes always start softly because you know you you guys work so hard all the time and your your bodies are super pumped and you know um energy levels are high and and sometimes that can just bring around a higher heart rate and all the rest of it so we always start with a bit of relaxation at the beginning again to tap into that parasympathetic nervous system so we might start with just a very simple breathing practice of breathing in 
um, for the count of three and then breathing out for the count of six. So extending that exhaling breath so that your, your central nervous system calms down. So it's all about just calming down the central nervous system when we start so that you can come into your yoga practice from a place of ease rather than a, from a place of wanting to achieve something or wanting to get to a certain goal, which is, you know, what we train for a lot of the time, isn't it? We want to achieve something. Whereas yoga is not about achieving. It's about just being. So it's always starting from a place of relaxation and bringing ourselves into that sense of being. Um, we, we warm up thoroughly. So we warm up, we go through sun salutations. Um, this provides like a nice, a little bit of cardio warm up nice lengthening through the muscles, good movement through the spine, um, and just gets the body nice and supple and ready for movement. We do, I focus on loads of kind of hip opening and shoulder opening, chest opening, hamstring lengthening, all of that good stuff that you guys need so that you can squat better the next time you go and squat, or you can deadlift better, or you can lift your arms up over your head a bit better, you know? So just working on that flexibility around those big kind of joint complexes so that you lift and you train better next time you go and do that. Um, it's all wrapped up with a little bit of core work as we all love. Um, we love that burn on the abs. And then, and then we move into that final Shavasana, which we all feel like is the easiest pose in the world, but it's actually the hardest pose. I haven't been able to master it yet. So Shavasana at the end, that's the one where we just kind of lie down and look like we're chilling out. But it's traditionally practiced being absolutely still. Like the, tra the Sanskrit translation of Shavasana is corpse pose. And so, you know, a corpse doesn't move, does it? So that is the practice behind that pose. And can you get so deeply inward and so zoned in on your breath and so relaxed that you don't even notice an itch to scratch it? You know, that's the whole point of that pose. And then that pose brings us back down into our parasympathetic nervous system. It calms everything down again. And it, it's also the pose where our bodies integrate the practice that we've that we've just been through so that that muscle memory is created and when we come back to it our bodies kind of know what to do so that we're still in that in that presence and in that being rather than oh god oh my arms are burning oh my god I, oh, I can't get out of my head oh it hurts too much you know it just brings you into that state of yeah I can breathe through this this is awesome what if I just tweak it this way and oh yeah that feels better and it's, it's all about inquiry being present and, and also that kind of carries over then into the cruise training. So how do they be more present when they're going to go for their PB? How do they stop that mind chatter when they're gonna go and lift that massive weight? You know, how do they just be in that moment and accept the outcome as well? Like not accept the outcome, but not be attached to the outcome. Just it is what it is, you know, it's all good. It's life, life's cruisy, but just it is what it is. And, and that's what I kind of focus on with yoga with your crew. Amazing, amazing. So, who, who, like, who, who should do you? Who should do yoga? Who is it, who is it suitable for? James. James should do yoga. <laughs> so, in, I guess let's, let's, take, let's take that and run with it then, because, and I, and I've got a greater appreciation for it now, but like. A couple of years ago, I would have been the, the class, what I feel is the classic, I can't do yoga, I'm not flexible enough. Like I'm, I'm basically a tin man with a core of mashed potato. So what would you say to <laughs> somebody like that, that has the view like, oh, yoga is not for me, like I'm not very flexible, I'm not very, you know, I, I, I'd struggle with it. What, what's your 
what's your retort to them? Give me a month. Give me a month and approach your yoga practice with a little bit of discipline and you will notice the difference. You really will. You'll notice the difference not only kind of physically, but mentally, emotionally, and your training will be so much better for it as well. And if you can breathe, you can do yoga. You don't have to be flexible. You don't have to be able to touch your toes. There are just like your training. You know how your training can be scaled? So can yoga. It suits everybody. We've got the right props. If you can bend your knees, if you can, you know, breathe, you can do yoga. You're all good. Nice. All right. Love that. If you've got knees and you can breathe, you can do yoga. <laughs> so next question then is actually going to be for James. When are you... When are you coming to Leanne's yoga class? I'll do one. I'll, I'll, I'll publicly... I don't want a time frame on this. <laughs> yeah, but when? But when? Role, I want a commitment that within a certain time frame, which obviously around work and other commitments is reasonable. All right, by the end of June, I'll have done two at a minimum. <gasps> for a commitment. Wow. At a minimum? <laughs> yeah, let's not, we won't get carried away, but... I, I, I get my heart one. just skipped a beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you can... If you can turn my core of mashed potato into something a little bit more solid, then I'm, I'm in, I'm sold. Um, I did it to my own course, so I think we're okay. <laughs> um, Leanne, I guess final question then for people, other than giving you a shout or coming to one of your classes, have you got any like go-to resources that are like, if you want to start off with yoga, here's a good place to start, whether that's a, a book or a website or a podcast or a video or a, you know, whatever it might be. There are a few studios around Bristol. Um, so Tricker Yoga, which um, I know that they do a six week beginners yoga block. Yeah. Um, so that's always a good place to start just to go and check it out. And, you know, it gives you that six weeks to get into it. And, and they start right at the very beginning. And um, they start with all the basic postures and, and all the rest of it. Um, you, there's loads of resources on YouTube. Yoga with Adrian is a good one. Um, and then, yeah um there's also still loads of online classes as well so I still attend quite a few online classes for teachers in London and you know places that I can't get to but I would I would seek out a beginner's yoga class and if there were enough people who were interested in doing that at Valesco then you know we could change one of the one of the classes that we do a week into a beginner's class if you know if people were interested in doing that we could set up a six-week block you know, like what you guys do when um, new people are coming in to train with you, we could set up the same thing for yoga. So if anyone's interested in that, just, you know, let us know and, and we can kind of, we can sort that out. Nice. Ellie, any other questions from you? Um, no, I, I mean, Leanne, your answers or your, the conversation has been really in depth. Um, I think covered everything that is uh, what in the amount of time that we've got is going to be beneficial for for people to to kind of understand a bit more about you get to know you understand what yoga is um, that they've got absolutely no excuse not to do yoga now because I'm pretty sure everyone here has knees and can breathe um, so no um, thanks Leanne it's been it's been amazing yeah Leanne I've, I've really enjoyed it you're you know you you've shared a, a a real nice level um super informative really really you can see the passion in it when you talk about it as well which counts for an awful lot so thank you for joining us team thank you for 
I guess, dialing back in or, or putting this back on after a couple of weeks off. We're hoping to pick back up with a little bit more frequency. I know we've got a couple of other coaches lined up, whether or not they know it, I don't know, but we're hoping to have Joe on here at some point. I think Ella is going to join us shortly as well to be able to talk a little bit about the run that she's doing later this year. Um, and now that she's um, another one of our coaching team, it will be cool to get to know her a little bit more. And we've got plenty of other topics in the pipeline for you as well. So as always, if there's anything you want to hear us talk about, if there's anybody you want to hear us talk to, if you want to come on, on and have a chat with us, then give us a shout. You know, give us a shout on Instagram, Facebook, give us a shout in person. Um, I'll put mine, Ellie's, Leanne's and Valesco's Instagram handles in the comment section of this podcast or in the, the show notes section so you can find all of us online. And that's that. Ellie, thank you for joining. Leanne, thank you so much for giving up your Friday morning to join us. And we will see you again soon. Have a lovely day.